0: Hey, I'm Jim Richards, and this is Impact Ministries Cyber Church. Thank you for joining us. I tell you, I'm bringing you the Word of God to build you up, to strengthen you, to encourage you, you know, to connect you with God as He really is, and live in this supernatural realm. I'm telling you something God wants you experience in the very best that He's got all the time. Today, we're going to be talking about moving beyond the boundaries of time. You know something? Most of us are just stuck in the past. And in fact, for most of us, the past is predicting and determining our future. No matter how hard we try to have a different future, we just keep getting more of the past. Well, I got news for you. You don't have to stay there. I'm going to help you get beyond that. And listen, I hope you'll go back and listen to this over and over again. I hope you'll send this to people that will bless them and help them, because that's what we're trying to do, is trying to help people all over the world. Listen, I'll be back in just a minute, but remember, this is always available at impactministries.com. Be sure and download this free message, Experiencing tomorrow's Miracle Today, and send it to people. I want to bless people. I tell you, I want to give everything I can to you so that your life in Christ can be as full and as abundant as possible. You know, one of the hardest concepts for us to grasp is that we really are created in the likeness and the image of God. And I'm telling you, if you've read my book, Apocalypse, you understand how for the past 6,000 years, God as creator of the universe and God as creator of man has been undermined by every institution, every governmental institution, every educational institution, all to undermine your confidence in who you really are, what you really have, and what you can do in this world that God created uniquely and specifically for human beings to dwell in and to live supernatural, miraculous lives. Now listen, we've gotta learn how to function like God. We have a body, we have this physical body. This physical body keeps us connected to this world. And we learned last week that being in the flesh is where we're really living our whole life based on the input from these five senses and we're interpreting everything based on what's happening in this natural world around us. Now, these five senses, of course, interact with our nervous system and cause us to have senses, or some people would say feelings. And you know, one word's not a better word than the other. You just gotta figure out what word makes the most sense to you. But I use the word senses because it is information that we feel on some emotional level that comes through our five senses. And so we establish a false sense of reality based on all of this input. Now, the bizarre thing is that God has a totally different sense of reality. You know, one of the things that we understand from the laws of physics is that all possibilities exist simultaneously, and based on our beliefs and based on our opinions, we choose what version of reality that we're going to live in. Now, we can choose God's version of reality. We can choose the version of reality that our parents taught us or that the government teaches us or that some high school teacher taught us. We can choose any kind of version of reality that we come up with in our mind. And once we choose that, then everything in us starts syncing up with that idea. Now, I want you to understand that on some level, the the version of reality that we accept on some level influences the outside world around us but it 100% influences our inside world so that we only see and recognize and notice and experience those things which confirm the version of reality that we have chosen. Now we want to learn how to function like God functions. And in order to do that, we've really gotta be able to function outside of this realm where time and space exist. Now, I know that sounds freaky, but I'm gonna tell you what, hang in here with me, you're gonna figure it out. Now see, when God created the world, He created the world from outside of that realm. God exists or dwells in eternity. Time and space is something that has been created and has been created for man who lives here with a physical body, but all of this is temporary. Time and space and a physical body is all temporary, but we think all of this is permanent. But God exists outside of time. That's why he calls himself the great I am. That's why Isaiah 46, 9, you know, God talks about, you know, how that he declares and sees the end from the beginning. And so we've got to be people who leave the realm of time if we want to begin to experience tomorrow's miracle or the thing that we hope for tomorrow, we've got to experience it today. And the real truth is, if I don't experience today in my heart the things I'm hoping for in the future then the truth is I am still bound to my past. My past is holding me back saying, no, it's not yours yet. No, you got to do something to get it from God. No, you've got to do something uh, to make it happen. Well, we don't want to live in that realm. You know, time as we know it, began with the creation of Adam. Now, we talked about this last month and uh, the God of creation, how that uh, based on the laws of quantum physics and the expansion of time and space, God created the world in six 24-hour days. But because the universe is constantly expanding, from where we are today, measuring backwards to where God was when this started, those six 24-hour days actually equate to 15 and three-quarter billion years. Now, this is based on the, the best minds of MIT. This is based on the best cal- mathematical calculations that we know about the expansion of the universe. But it actually did happen in six twenty-four 24-hour days. And when Adam was created, suddenly time, as we measure it now, changed and it began to be as we know it now. Now there's a lot of reasons for that. Remember, our universe is interactive. In other words, we're not observing the universe. We're not observing the world around us. We are in an interaction with the world around us and the world around us is conforming to our view, opinion, and expectations. So the collective view of man on planet Earth actually alters how the universe works to some degree. And you know, in that way, we are created in the likeness and the image of God. We're just not observers of creation. We are actually co-creators because we're continuing to create the world based on our beliefs, our views, our opinions, and unfortunately based on our fears and this sort of thing. So when Adam was created, this interactive universe was altered by the observation of a human being. Now. Outside of time, God can conceive something in his own heart, and really, for him, it's happening at that moment because he's observing in outside time. There is no yesterday. There is no tomorrow. There is only now. But in our experience, nothing happens beyond our observance of time. You know, I remember one time about uh, 15 or 20 years ago, one morning I was praying. I was worshiping, praying, meditating, And suddenly, it looked as if I was praying for my kids. And it looked as if I was looking down on our house from above with no roof on it. I could see all the rooms. And I could see my children going from room to room. And there'd be a child over here doing this. They would go to this room and do something. And then, then this child would go over and do something. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, now what you're seeing, he said, you see this child in this room here going here. And for that child, they're moving through space and time. They're moving from this point to that point. He said, but where you're seeing it from, it's all happening right now. And he said, this is what it looks like to view something from eternity. There is no past, only in your experience. There is no future, only in your experience. And God began to teach me that I needed to move beyond the boundaries of time if I wanted to operate faith the way that God operates faith. Now, the natural mind clings to the past. The natural mind defines Uh, Who you are, it defines your identity based on everything that's happened in the past. And that's why the natural mind cannot and is not subject to the laws of life in Christ Jesus because it is locked into time. Specifically, it's locked into the past. And the natural mind can't please God because it takes faith or trust to please God. And, and when we take God's Word in the eternal now, that's faith. I'm saying this is real now. Whether I see it, whether I experience it, whether I'm living it, this is real now. And that takes faith, and that's why without faith it's impossible to please God. And that's why the mind that is stuck in interpreting the world in the flesh will never please God because that is based on what you have experienced in the past. And your body is saying these memories are reality. The body is saying these pains are from the past or the pains of the future. And you know, amazingly, most of our thoughts are about the past, and then some of them are about the future, but very few people have this capability to live in what I call the eternal now. So we look at, at the life that we've lived in the past, and we hope to do something that will change it in the future. So basically, we're entering into the linear world of cause and effect. Now listen, we're not trying to have cause and effect. We are not using our faith to make something happen at some time in the future. We're using our faith to look at what exists now and what we can harmonize with now and what we can bring into our experience. Now, you know, the, the word receive, you know, in English, the word receive sounds like I'm waiting on God to throw me the ball and I'll receive it. I'll catch it. No, the word receive means to take hold of and bring it to yourself. Listen, don't go away. Come back and join me because I want to take you down the path on how to receive now. By now, I know your heart is just pumping at the idea that you can break the power of the past over your life, that you don't have to keep having a future that's based on your past. And that's what this new series is all about. It's all about the miraculous power of thankfulness. You say, well, Jimmy, I haven't even talked about thankfulness yet. No, I haven't, because we got to get all of these things established before you move into the realm of thankfulness and before you can actually allow that to empower you. So be sure and check out this series. Now, when you're living in the mind of the flesh, in the mind that is paying attention to what the body says, you're always going to be living in the past. And so what happens, you basically think you are the sum total of your past experiences. So you have a false identity that is not based on who you are in Jesus. It's not based on the fact that you've been born again. It's not based on the fact that that old man died, and it's not based on the fact that you have been raised up in newness of life. It is based on the fact that you think you are everything that your past has been. Now, When you get locked into that kind of thinking, then you feel like that you have got to generate enough power, enough energy on your own. You gotta make something happen to be able to change your past at some point in time in the future which means you're now living in the linear world of cause and effect. Now cause and effect is based on outdated ideas of Newtonian physics. We feel, based on everything we've been taught about Newtonian physics... You say, well, I never was taught anything about Newtonian physics. Oh no, you were, you just didn't realize it. Because based on Newtonian physics, is if something is moving in a particular direction, the only way to change that direction is it has to be acted on by an outside force you know, that uh, is greater than it is to push it in a different direction. So based on these concepts of Newtonian physics, we feel that we've got to generate a force powerful enough to bring about change. We've got to create a strong enough force that it will bring about a new effect in our lives at some point in the future. But the problem is this. Our body always has at least one more reason that the future can't happen now. It always has one more pain that you've got to deal with and you start focusing on. It's always got one more emotion that you've got to get healed of. It's always got one more reason why You can't get there. One more thing that disqualifies you. One more memory from your past while you're not there yet and why it's going to be hard, hard, hard to get there. See, really, we think we have to recreate ourselves to become acceptable sometime in the future or to be loved or find success. And here's something that I think is pretty phenomenal. Research shows that there is nothing more destructive to our self-worth than trying to become. In other words, if I think I have to become something, then in my heart, I believe I am not. You know, one of the laws of physics says for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. And because these laws of physics are mirrored in the heart, many of the, what I call the forward statements, the f- statements about moving forward in a new direction, we don't realize the implication of what they cause in reaction. So when I make the statement, "I've got to become, then I am making a statement that says, "I am not." When I make a statement or have the thought in my mind that says, "I've got to get healed," then I'm saying, Healing is not mine. Anything that I've got to get, I am convinced that I don't have. Anything that I've got to become, I'm convinced that I'm not that person yet. So basically, the harder we try to become and the harder we try to get, the more we convince ourselves that we are not, that we're unacceptable the way we are. And in fact, the harder I try to become, the more deeply I convince myself that I'm not, that I'm not worthy. And I'll tell you, this is a downward spiral into introspection, negative thoughts, negative emotions, laden with harsh, critical self-judgment. But we've got to come to the place that in Christ, I am. Now, I'm going to tell you, everything in you is going to rebel against this. Everything in you is going to remember every failure you've had in your life. Everything in you is going to remind you of everything that you've ever done, everything's ever gone wrong, you know, every shortcoming, every sin, everything, so that you feel like a total hypocrite saying, I am a new creation. By His stripes, I am healed. I am beloved, or I am loved and accepted in the beloved. See, we are not trying to become. You are not trying to become. You are, in fact, simply attempting to put on something that has already been created in God's reality. Now, to put something on, you have to believe that you already have it. You have to believe that it already exists. You have to see and experience the end from the beginning. Now you know we talk about casting down vain imagination. It's amazing how we tie all that up with the devil somehow. Or another got nothing to do with the devil. I mean, a vain imagination is anything that contradicts or exalts itself against the knowledge or the experience of God. Well, if you're a born again believer, you should be experiencing yourself as righteous. You should be. Experiencing yourself as loved, accepted, happy, blessed, prospered, protected, made whole, set apart, all of these things. But remember we said, you got to put off the old man before you can put on the new man. You gotta die to self before you can be raised up to something. You know, I remember one of the first scriptures that God ever really spoke to me about leaving all of my past behind, where Jesus said, "Except a grain of the wheat, if uh, wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone." But if it falls on the ground and dies, God raises up new life. I'm telling you, I'll never forget coming to realize that, that I had to let go of all of my past, good, bad, indifferent. I had to let go of every opinion about who I thought I was so this seed could be planted in my heart and it could grow up and I could discover who I really am in Jesus. So in order to do this, it gets down to this. Whatever I see in the Word of God that is promised, to be mine. I've got to receive it. Remember, that's not me waiting for God to throw it and me catch it. It's me taking hold of it and bringing it unto myself now. Now, this means that I have got to find some way to escape the boundaries of time that keep me looking back to my past and kind of seeing what my past has been and trying to compare whatever I am now to my past to decide if I'm going anywhere in the future. You know what You know what I mean? It's just crazy what happens to this. So the only way I can do that, I've got to leave the boundaries of time. Now, there's a word that is seldom taught very much in Christian circles. I've been teaching it for 25 years, maybe 30 years. And in the last... 10 or 15 years, I've been really, really, really emphasizing it strongly. It's the word meditate. Now, Christians aren't taught anything about meditation. The concept of meditation means to frame something up. The concept of meditation means to provide a foundation for something by pondering it, by considering it, by reflecting. The concept of meditation is to ponder or consider something until it is experienced as a present tense reality. Now, I don't know if this is totally what happens, but one of the things that we know, there is an energy that we know that exists just beyond the speed of light. And we know that for that energy to slow down, you know, slow down slower than the speed of light, an energy has to slow down for it to become material. And so there's energy that you can't feel, you can't sense. It can slow down and become an emotion, but it can also slow down and become a new kidney. It can slow down and become a liver. It can slow down and become a new bone where you've broken a bone. Well, in order for that to happen, it's got to have a framework, if you will, that attracts that. You know, it could be that in the miraculous, when we believe something, the Bible says faith is the foundation. Faith is the substance, faith is the undergirding. Faith is that which provides a basis for this supernatural life power of God to flood into this realm where we are and become something tangible like a new emotion, become something tangible like a new organ in your body. And here's the thing, the Holy Spirit makes that happen without us knowing how, and see, because the Holy Spirit brings the wisdom of God. The Holy Spirit brings the organizing truth of God, the organizing intelligence that makes it happen in a way that works best for us that we don't have to be able to figure that out. But I've got to remove myself from the boundaries of time, enter this realm of eternity, so that I'm not seeing this as something that will happen in the future. I'm seeing this as something that Is happening right now. Now, the only door that removes you from the boundaries of time, the only door that will get you beyond the boundaries of time, is going to be the door of your heart. That's the only thing that's going to remove you. You know, have you ever been in one of those situations where you meditate and you worship for hours and it seems like minutes? Why? Because once you actually got in your heart, You literally left the confines of time. You really left the boundaries of time. Yet you've had those times where you're praying and worshiping for minutes, and it seems like hours. It's because you're just stuck in this intellectual place in your mind. Well, the Bible tells us in the book of Mark, the 11th chapter, 24th verse, that What we have to do is we have to believe when we've prayed. And, you know, prayer isn't just asking for something. Prayer is speaking something. Prayer is saying something. Prayer is reconciling you and where you are with what God's Word says about you. So, you know, actually, one of the Hebrew words for prayer is a compound word that means to judge and to reconcile. So I look at where I am compared to where I should be. That's a judgment. Now, there's a lot of different judgment. I'm talking about judging yourself bad, looking for sins. But I compare myself to where I, to what God's Word promises. Then I got to reconcile that. Not by making excuses, but by entering into that realm right now. So the Bible tells us whatever you ask for in prayer, and that I ask is to ask with the absolute assumption is going to happen. You've got to believe that you have, present tense, received it, and then you shall have it. Listen, I'll be back in a moment with what I call the mentoring moment where I'm gonna share some practical application about how to put this to work in your life. The miraculous power of thankfulness is gonna take everything you've learned about faith and bring it into the bounds of the heart so that you can really make it work in your life without getting into dead works or legalism. This series is gonna transform your life. You know, one of the greatest tools that we ever developed here at Impact Ministries was Impact International School of Ministry. Now we were a residential Bible college for 27 years, but you know, God spoke to me and said, this is a new day. People can't move away from home like they used to. The economy's changing. People need to stay in their local churches and fulfill their ministry and their dreams there with the people who believe in them and who support them. So we put all of Impact International School of Ministry online. Now, I want to tell you something. If you're called to ministry, you're going to get an incredible Bible education. You can stay right there in your school. As a matter of fact, the money that it would take you to move away and move back will more than pay your tuition. Plus, if you feel called to business or if you just want to develop your life, you'll find that the same truth and principles that make you successful in ministry make you successful in business and make you successful at life. Listen, if you want to go deeper, check out Impact International School of Ministry. Now, the key is, what do I do to put this into practice? Well, There's some real simple things to do. First, you get yourself in a relaxed, meditative state. You know, you may want to worship a while. You may want to put on some nice music. Whatever it takes for you to get relaxed, whatever it takes for you to get in the flow. As long as you're tense and stressed, you're not going to be in touch with your heart and you're going to be fidgeting and your body's going to keep saying, no, we got to do something else. We got other things we need to do. Let me tell you something. The physical energy, the strength and the creativity that will come to you by spending time in prayer and meditation every day will make you far more productive than you would be if you worked an extra six hours a day. Trust me, I can guarantee you on that. So you get into a meditative state. You have the promise of God that tells you. Remember, all the promises of God are yes and amen. Anything God ever promised is good for you today because you're in Jesus. So you take a promise of God, and as you connect with God, as you worship, you acknowledge that promise. You acknowledge that promise as being true right now. And you create some kind of a picture, if you will, or some kind of mental movie of what you would look like if you were living that right now. But here's the key. You've got to experience The emotions that you would experience if, in fact, you were living it. Until you get to the place where it feels so real that it alters your emotions, then it's not real to you. Now, as you look at that day after day, what happens is your neural pathways remember, your neural pathways make you able to experience what you observe or whatever you place your attention on. Now, as you stop observing your life from the past and from the need that you have, actually, those neural pathways just stop working because day by day, uh, you're kind of saying, I don't need that, I don't want to see that, I don't want to feel that anymore. And now, this new life that you're observing, your brain literally creates neural pathways where that's all you can see, all you can feel, all you experience, and it comes alive inside of you.